Hi, this is John Graves with American Tackle, and you're listening to the Yak Legion Podcast. Howdy, y'all. Welcome to the Yak Legion Podcast with Zachariah and Brad Hicks. How's it going, guys? We got Joshua Eldridge on tonight for our Knights of the Round Table discussion. We'll be talking about fishing, uh, anything else, kind of an anything goes type of podcast tonight, I guess. Uh, Justin couldn't make it. Um, we don't really don't know what his story is, but uh, kind of ditching us on the podcast there, brother. <laughs> so, uh, how are you guys doing today, man? I know you guys have been out there fishing all day. Uh, fish that uh, Strictly Sail tournament, the Cincinnati Kayak Fishing Tournament. Yes, yeah, it was fun. Yep. Nice, man. Uh, what'd you guys place? I placed uh, 11th out of 34. And I was 13th. Nice, man. Top 20, man. That's awesome. I know I fished the uh, the Buckeye Kayak Fishing Trail um, Rocky Fork Tournament yesterday. And it was originally supposed to be in Paint Creek. And uh, we've had a lot of rain here in southwest Ohio. I think all of Ohio is flooded. And uh, so they may end up moving it to Rocky Fork because Paint Creek is a flood control lake. So uh, I kind of had a game plan for Paint Creek, and it kind of ruined my game plan when I moved it to the lake. I've only fished Rocky Fork maybe twice before, one other time on a kayak, and uh, it was a tough day, man. Uh, I know several guys out there came home with empty bags. It took me all day to catch the one fish that I did catch, which was 13 and a half smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, I'm sorry. Uh, I got docked an inch because the mouth was partially open. And, uh, so, you know, that's on my fault. I should have held my f- hand on the fish and kind of pressed his, pressed his, uh, body up against, pressed his lips up against the side of my, um, my hog trough and maybe, maybe got a better pick, but you know, it is what it is. Um, some of those bass is hard to get their mouth closed. You know what I mean? So you just kind of got to try the best you can to get the mouth closed in the picture and, you know, obviously make sure that your identifier is clearly seen and, but, uh, yeah, that was a fun event. We, uh, met up at big city pizza out in Greenfield afterwards for the measure in. And, uh, we all got a 10% discount on pizza. They did a little raffle, raffled away a few things. Um, Sean stone ended up winning the tournament. Uh, he's a big musky fisher out there at Rocky Fork. I heard he practically lives on Rocky Fork <laughs> and I've seen, he catches some big freaking carp, uh, from local lakes. He catches some big musky. I mean, the guy looks like he, he fishes for a living. I don't know what his day job is, but <laughs> seems like one of them guys that's always out on the water. You can't, I don't know. Maybe he's not married. Maybe I don't know the story behind him, but I know for married men like us, you know, it's kind of hard to get out all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like some of these guys practically live on the water, but, um, how'd your weekend go, man? Uh, what, what did you guys use today to, to, to come up with some baths? I'll let uh, Josh go first. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I started out with old, old trusty, which was a 3.8 Kytec. Um, I've been throwing them in the rivers like crazy, or the white ones. And where we were fishing at, it was uh, still muddy. And so I was trying to work the weed lines with that bait and was getting no bites. Um, and one of the guys I was fishing with told me to, his name's Jeff Durbin. He's like, hey, go throw over by that pipe over there. It's got clean water coming out. There's probably a fish over there. So I threw a jig. A, I have a I had a swim jig tied on for my last river uh, river trip. It was just a green pumpkin with a little black in it, 
I had a double tail grub on it. I ended up dipping in chartreuse because I was too lazy to switch over to black and blue, mm. which would have probably been better just because of the water color. Uh, threw that at that water pipe and it was literally just six inches from the water pipe and maybe six inches of water and got my first fish. It was about a 12 and a quarter, I think something like that. And I didn't catch any other fish for the next two to three hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I got to the other end of the lake where the wind was blowing the hardest and started finding some more weed lines. Uh, uh there was a lot of, the water was actually up there about two feet also. And um, I think I I started throwing in kind of like weedy area where it's like segmented. It was like like clumps, big clumps, not like where the whole bank is lined with it. And I kept getting hit where those little, uh, those breaks in the weeds were. And eventually I caught a 17, I caught a 10 and a quarter, and then a think at 13 or 14 and a quarter the 17th saved me i'd have been pretty low on that list without that fish so it was a nice it was kind fish. of fun yeah it wasn't too bad jeff was right there he watched me catch it and was laughing at me because i don't have a net right now from where i lost <laughs> it on that that smally trip and so yeah. he's laughing at me trying to lift this fish without losing it and then i literally caught one on my next cast or maybe two casts later in the same general area but I made a big, big mistake, rookie mistake, and I moved on. And I went to fish the other weed lines, and I should have stayed in that, like, 100 yards, 200-yard section. Yeah. What yeah. were you throwing about those fish? What was I, what? What were you throwing? Oh, uh, it's a, a jig, like a swim jig. Oh, what color? Uh, green pumpkin with a little bit of black in it. And then I had a... Uh, just a regular uh, green pumpkin double tail grub on it, and I dipped the the uh, tails in chartreuse dye so it could oh, show really? up. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I always wondered about that stuff. It works great. Uh, Not all the colors do. Not all the colors dye real well, so you got to be kind of weary about it. Um, some yeah. of them are really, really easy. for some. Like green pumpkin, which you wouldn't think is going to dye well, actually does. If you try to dye white, though, it looks really awkward. That's huh. weird. I know I saw this weekend, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with boomerang snips or not. Have you ever heard of those? Mm-mm. They're, uh, they're like braided snips, and uh, I, they're, they're the best snips I've ever had. But anyway, they have like a little light that pairs with that dye stuff you're talking about. And it's supposedly, you, after you dye it and like the dye is starting to dye, you charge it with the light that's on it. You'll, I, some, I don't know how it works exactly, but I thought it was cool. Mm. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I guess I can get into what I did for the tournament, unless you had a little bit more to say about oh, what you were yeah. doing today. No, that was it. How do you <laughs> work your much. jigs? How do you work your jigs? You just swim along, you just cast and you're reeling in, or uh, where are you tossing your jigs and where, how are you working them? I was going directly down the bank. Um, so parallel. it was kind of, yeah, parallel with it. And I was actually getting, because I, I don't have a pedal drive. I have a Jackson Kusa and the wind is blowing me into the bank. So a lot of times I was throwing just parallel and trying to throw as close to the weeds as I could. I was throwing about a foot off. Um, that way I wasn't pulling too much weed through. Mm -hmm. I wanted to touch the weeds. I just didn't want to dig into them. 
And um, I had actually had more success though when I started throw when I made a turn around a bend, and I started going into the wind is where I started catching more fish. And then there was one of those um, I don't know this probably had something to do with it why the fish might have been kind of grouped in this area, but there was one of those big uh, drainage things. Um, Brad, you might be familiar with it. I think they have one at uh, at Carriage Hill. Those big square concrete things. It's got the grating all the way. Yeah, uh, it. yeah, and I think that causes current sometimes in the, that area that's a little stronger than the rest of the lake. But I'm not, I'm not 100 sure if that's what played a part. But I just literally just, yeah, I just threw um, along the weed lines, but I kept getting hit in the little gaps, and I would just kind of, I'd swim it through, rip it through the grass. If I hit like a patch of grass, I'd pull it through real hard, and then let it settle again and. You know, bounce it a couple of times, hit grass, pull, yank it through. So, yeah, that's that's something like I've actually started doing when you were uh, when we were fishing the river a few weeks ago, and I saw you pulling it through the grass like that. Those little pockets that are empty and there's like no grass right there, but there's grass surrounding it. It seems like that's like the perfect place to throw like top water or any of those swim jigs. Seems like the smallmouth are always sitting in that spot. Yeah, it's a good ambush point. Yeah, definitely. Especially when there's current right next to that, just shooting right across the grass. It's perfect. Yeah, and the, the way the wind was blowing, Brad, it reminded me of the river because the w wind was blowing down that bank into my face. So, like, the water's actually technically moving like a river would mm -hmm. along that weed bank instead of directly into the weeds. It was moving along the side of it, parallel with it. So, that that's interesting. So, like, trying to find the parallel in between like rivers and lakes like that. And then like finding like an application where you can use your river knowledge on a lake to catch fish. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It worked so. out. Um, I got, I caught a decent fish. I just made a mistake. I shouldn't have left the area. Totally yeah. left the area. I was like, Oh, well, if the weeds are where it's at, and then I'm literally circling this lake, throwing at every weed bed on there. And I should have probably just stayed where I was catching fish for a while. So. Yeah, that's, well, that's cool, good, man. man. Thanks for being uh, descriptive on that. Um, so, Brad, today, what uh, I know you were pretty successful with the chatterbait, right? <laughs> I killed it with the chatterbait today, dude. <laughs> this new nickname's chatterbait. <laughs> yeah, we call you chatterbait, Brad, man. It, it's been my go-to this year, man. I, I don't even. It won me the first tournament, and then today I ended up catching. 18 largemouth on the chatterbait, and then uh, caught four other white bass, but we'll get into that later. But the largemouth, basically I was throwing right up against riprap or like any anomaly I'd see on the bank. Like, like say you see like wood, 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 and then you see like a little small section of riprap. That's where I would throw, and I – there was one spot that I, I just saw. It looked like the Holy Grail. I was like, man, it's just like a five-foot section of riprap right in between a bunch of wood. And I was like, man, this looks so good. I'm going to catch fish here. And a couple casts later, I caught a fish. A couple more cats, I caught, caught another fish. Uh, I think I ended up catching four fish in that one spot. It was like a five-foot span of water right there on the chatterbait. Wow. All right, so. Uh, the chatterbait I was using was the Project Z black and blue with the uh, black and blue uh, turbo crawl Z-Man trailer. And the uh, reason why I was using that was because the water was super muddy. And 
Well, it wasn't super muddy, but it was it was stained. It wasn't like you know, it, it was a good stain. Like I, I felt confident throwing anything there actually, but yeah. Um, let me see. I'm trying to how think. Deep were, how deep were those fish, Brad? Probably three to five feet. I'm guessing. How how far off the bank? Uh, the first like four were probably. Anywhere from five to ten feet off the bank. Oh wow! I did notice a pattern as the day went on, though they were hiding uh, in in the shade under bushes. So I would have to skip that thing under there, and I'd get nailed almost immediately doing that. Yeah. And oh. that was that water was probably one to three feet deep in yeah. that area. So, and it ended up being a lot sunnier today than I think we all anticipated. Oh yeah, yeah it was a beautiful day. I mean, I I was expecting rain and what what I'm seeing outside the window now, cloudy and rainy, and yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect. So I definitely didn't expect yeah. to catch 18 largemouth today. That's for sure. I don't think you've ever had a day that good, have you? Uh, I have on the river, but never on a wow. lake, especially Cowan Lake. But yeah, I, I kind of th- I I feel like I'm starting <laughs> to like. Like it? No, I'm starting to learn the lake a little bit. You know, like after watching all these videos and learning how to fish a lake, I think I'm starting to connect the dots a little bit. But hey, Zach, he's starting to get a secret love affair with Callan. <laughs> he won't admit it, man. We were at the meeting afterwards, and I'm like, he's talking about it, and I'm like, you're gonna like this lake eventually. It's gonna be his spot. He's gonna be like, hey guys, let's go to Cowan. It probably yeah. will be. I, who knows? I don't know. I'm surprised I, you went to Cowan today. As many trips we've made to Cowan this year. <laughs> I know, man. I, 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 I think it's worth going back, man. Yeah, I had nowhere. I, I had no idea where else I wanted to go. I mean, everything's else. Everything else is muddy and blown out. And, you know, every so. text message is like. Uh, we'll go anywhere but Cowan. Now he's going to be like, let's go to Cowan. I'm going to show you guys up, man. <laughs> I still, I, I still rather, like, I'm, I'm a guy that wants to check out new places and yeah. uh, try new things. So, Cowan Lake, I, I, I grew up going to Cowan Lake quite a bit. So, that plays a reason why I don't really care for it that much. Yeah. Just burn out on it, I guess, right? But it's been good to you, man. So, did you just use the chatterbait or did you try some other things? Or did you just well, that chatterbait since it was producing the fish? I threw the chatterbait all day pretty much. And then until about, uh, let's see, one thirty, me and my buddy Chris came across uh, white bass, like, destroying bait on the surface. It was ridiculous. We were sitting right in the middle of this creek mouth, and they were just busting all around us. So I had a great idea. I was like, why don't we throw our top water out there? He was like, that's a good idea. Let's do it three or four cast in like he already has like three three white bass pulled into his boat and i have one on the line and i think we pulled in 15 and 20 minutes just sitting there chasing them uh into the middle of the lake they did start running into the middle of the lake and that kind of got a little weird because it was really windy and all the sailboats were out on the lake so we were trying to dodge all these sailboats and we were catching white bass in the middle of all these people and (laughs) they probably thought we were crazy but (laughs) <laughs> it was a blast dude today was one of my favorite trips i ever had do you caught on those those white bass you caught them on the chatterbait too no i caught them on top water the water oh, okay what were you throwing on top water whopper plopper whopper plopper okay 
where were you catching those at? Like towards the middle of the lake, on the edge, like towards the bank, off the points? Uh, th- this one, those were in the, they started off in the middle of the creek mouth and then they started moving out towards the middle of the lake. Okay. So it, it was, fine, yeah, they, like within seconds, yeah. within seconds, they're moving like 60 yards. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Like we, we had a hard time like keeping them located, but. So were you seeing them on your fish finder or did you actually see them in, like at the top of the water? Uh, I, I was marking stuff on the fish finder, but we, we saw them just hitting the bait or bait on the surface. So we decided to ditch the largemouth and start fishing for the white bass. <laughs> oh, okay. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, yeah, that's great, man. I mean, we've dealt with a lot of rain. We hadn't had a normal summer here in Southwest Ohio. Um, a lot of our lakes are flooded. The rivers are blown out. Um, all the water's muddy. There was some clear water at Rocky Fork yesterday. And uh, I, I grinded all day yesterday for a fish. And um, what I noticed was when I was out there, I, uh, I saw guys going up and they're burning up the bank. They're using um, worms, flukes. I've seen a lot of people using soft plastics in that part of the lake because it was so grassy. Mm-hmm. Um, I started, I threw on one of them turtles, man. And they're um, the same turtles Chad Hoover was endorsing a while back ago. And I, tur- I had one that was a uh, June bug color on the top of its shell. Then the bottom of him was copper. And I noticed when I cast that out, man, that copper bottom, man, that really shines. When you get the, especially the sun come out a little bit, like that sun catches that copper and it really shines in the water. And uh, I had caught that bass, a uh, 13 and a half, just uh, right off a bank that I'd seen get hit all morning. We had three tournaments going on. We had the Buckeye Trail tournament. I know there was two bass boat tournaments going on. Uh, I caught that fish, and I looked up, and there was four freaking bass boats around me. I was like, holy crap. I'm out here <laughs> on the Hobie, and I'm surrounded by bass boats. But, um, man, it was a lot of fun, though. I mean, it was nice to get out there on the water. It rained on us a little bit. I had to break out the poncho and the rain gear for a little while. And uh, I saw a snapping turtle come up out of the water. And I said, hee, 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 Mr. Snapping Turtle, I see we can't play with you. So I took my, uh, I think I had a tube on. I was throwing a tube for a little while. And I chucked that sucker probably 15, 15 so yards and landed right on the top of his shell. Ba-bing! <laughs> Man, he freaked out, man. He took <laughs> off like a bat out of hell. I never seen a snapper turtle move that fast. And that's getting me excited because, you know, July 1st here in Ohio, snapping turtle season opens. And it's going to be a good one, man. I'm going to get go out and set my hoop net, set my bank lines. Going to catch some freaking snapping turtles off my hobie. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. That- How long do you leave those out when you set them out? You got to set them every, you got to check them every 24 hours. So I set them. Uh, I check them every day, and I usually set for two or three days. If I don't catch anything within two or three days, I move. Uh, just depends on what area I'm in. I, 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 I set them out in those big marshes, wildlife area marshes and ponds, and uh, there's a lot of big turtles out there. I actually wrote an essay to um, Kayak Bass Angler Magazine, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, it gets to them and they maybe publish it. But I talk about my, my uh, battle, my white whale of a turtle, uh, Big Bertha, this giant, enormous freaking turtle. And I went out there the, the summer of 20, uh, 2017, with, and I was using bank lines. And I, I was taking my kayak, my perception striker, and I was I was paddling out to the center islands on the marsh. And this marsh is 20, uh, 29 acres. So it's not huge, but it's a pretty big marsh. It's got islands, 
just covered in poison ivy. <laughs> so I was setting bank lines out there. We caught some decent turtles. Well, me and my buddy Wes, he was he was running lines with me. Uh, we went out there one day and uh, had the biggest turtle I'd ever seen. Um, wide shell, just just ginormous, ginormous turtle. And um, big snapper. So I was pulling up on the line, and I was kind of got excited, I think. And I was just trying to get her up on the bank. She dug her feet into the ground like a dinosaur, man, and just yanked back on that line as far as she could, as hard as she could, and snapped it. And then she oh. disappeared into the blackness. So, man, that was like, oh, that was the biggest turtle I'd ever seen, the biggest turtle I'd ever had on my line. And, uh, man, my heart was racing. I got excited, and I lost her. So we tried for a couple more weeks. We could never get her to hit again. So uh, the the, pre, the next summer, 2018, I stepped up my game. I got hoop net uh, turtle traps. And um, these, I don't know, they're probably about four or five foot long. Uh, they're designed to where fish can flo uh, float out of them. Like small slider turtles can float out of them. But it's designed to catch snapping turtles and leatherback turtles. So I ran my lines up there. I didn't run any lines, but I ran my uh, trap line. I ran my hoop nets. And uh, I finally got her about a week, a week and a half after setting them. And uh, it was awesome. She was a hell of a turtle. I got uh, you. She's on my YouTube video. If you check out Zach Carell on YouTube, you can see my uh, see me pulling in that turtle and seeing me taking her out, you know, and. I put her in a plastic tote, and the same plastic tote I've had hundreds of turtles in, and the the, the she bulged the sides of the tote out. Like, wow. she was so big that she fit the whole bottom of the, the plastic tote and bulged it out. And, uh, man, that was awesome. I mean, it's awesome. I, mean, I, I, I think I remember seeing that picture, too. Yeah, yeah. That was last year. I was posting them on Facebook, and I got my video on YouTube about it, and... Man, that was a hell of an adventure. But she was a white whale to me. You know, I was like Captain Ahab, man. And, you know, I, I, I kept going after her. I kept thinking about her. I kept thinking about that turtle since I lost her. And uh, I finally went back and I got her. And it was awesome. Right. See, listeners, you, you can do a lot more than just fish out of a kayak, man. That oh, Zach's man. just the freaking, he's the man about it. Yeah. <laughs> I I know you have like episodes planned where you want to talk about all that stuff. I personally don't know much about it, but yeah. I I'm definitely willing to like stick with it and like you know kind of learn about it. I don't know if I'll, I'll have ever to get take you out there with on, you. I'll have to take you out on the line sometime, man. I'd like to see you pull the snapping turtles out of my nets. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to pull one out and there's three others in there snapping at you. Oh jeez. So, yeah, that sounds that sounds crazy, man. You know they're not so bad. The snapping turtles I kind of got used to. It's the soft shells because soft shells are fast, and uh, they zip back and forth back in those nets, and uh, they got sharp, nasty bite on them. And uh, I'm I've been afraid to death of them things biting me. I always get real nervous when I get a soft shell in my trap because uh, when they're just so fast, they're so slippery, they're hard to grab. Like a snapping turtle, man, you reach in there, you get him turned around, and you and you grab him by the tail, and you you put your hand kind of right under where his tail is, uh, kind of back to where he can't bite you, and you got to pull him out of the traps like that. But when you got a soft shell turtle, they don't have much of a tail on them. They got a real slim and uh, slender shell. And uh, I almost got to take pliers. I've, I've used pliers before, or vice grips, and just clamp down on the back of their shell and just pull them out of the trap like that into my plastic yeah. boat. Heck, yeah. I remember when I first started the uh, fish in the river six years ago, maybe, me and Justin would go out there and 
fish for catfish and stuff. And we'd pull out Eastern soft shell turtles all the time. Oh, I got a picture. I got a picture of him holding an Eastern soft shell turtle. And he looks like he's like so bummed out that it was a turtle. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I guess we could segue out of this and then uh, go into, I don't know, some river tactics and stuff like that. So. Yeah. I had a game for us tonight, actually. And I want to get into, after, get into it in a second. I wanted to mention our giveaway. We're about to do. Oh, we're, yeah. we're about to do a contest on our, on our social media, probably on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we don't really have the contest rules set up yet, but we got a, a um, nice supply of tackle to give away. Um, thanks to Loveland canoe and kayak. Those guys uh, send us some stuff to give away for our podcast. So that's pretty awesome, man. I know we're just getting started. We're only, this will be our fifth episode in, and um, we've kind of had some bumps. We've had some bruises, but uh, we we're keep going, and uh, we're, we're all about keeping Yak, Yak, Legion, Yak Legion alive. And um, But anyway, we'll go into that on our social media. We'll, we'll post a picture of what we're giving away, and um, that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, if we can't get some followers with this. <laughs> Oh yeah, but, I'll definitely promote it on my page too. So oh great, great. Yeah, uh, yes, just check us out on Facebook. It's a, the Yak Legion podcast on Facebook. We're also also on Instagram at the Yak Legion podcast. We're also on YouTube at the Yak Legion podcast. Um, the next thing I wanted to wanted to go into is I kind of thought of a game we could start playing. It's called like a um, bass fishing role play. I know I'm not talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's it right there. <laughs> that's the stuff we're supposed to give away uh, a little bit of everything i see there's soft plastics what well, looks like uh maybe chatterbait um i know josh uh, knows about what they're giving away yeah i could go over some of it real quick um we got a couple yeah. different kinds of worms um they kind of look like sort of like trick worms um some smaller style senko baits they're just like probably like a a four inch stick bait um, some big bite baits. It looks like I got uh, the five inch battle bug. These are probably good for uh, lakes, a little big for the, the river. Some smart bomb. I don't know if you guys are smart baits. You guys heard of this company yet? Uh uh-uh. uh. So, smart baits is a company that makes these color changing baits, supposedly. And so, huh. these colors switch up when they get in the water. Um, so, They've got some worms, um, kind of looks like a trick worm. It's almost like a worm with a fluke style, fluky tail on the back. They're it looks like cool. a, it looks like a Berkeley power worm kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys can see it, but yeah. the color that it is, um, this color looks like a green pumpkin in red, but I have no idea what it switches to. I have another pack of these baits somewhere that tells you what it, what it kind of changes to. It's kind of cool. I got a are couple they, of finesse jigs. Go ahead. Are, are those, uh, uh, do they change color drastically or what? The ones that I saw, it was, yeah, it was like significant change. It was almost like opposite of what the color is. So I don't like know a what, brown would change to a white maybe? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> like I saw <laughs> something cool. weird with like chartreuse like and like kind of changed. I don't know. Like the, the, the little graph that was on the other one isn't on this one i'd have to sit there i'd have to find it to know more about it i haven't i haven't thrown them before all these baits are run, are unopened by the way they're all brand new baits so awesome. i got a bagley uh balsa uh square bill it's a black back chartreuse it's a nice bait hey some, craig, craig some, bait johnny would like that one 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a Booyah white, or kind of clearish, actually, clear uh, popper here. Some gets it tubes, a couple finesse jigs that got little crawl trailers. Um, I picked these up. They're like kind of a cheaper jig, but in my opinion, these are awesome to throw in the river. Don't go buy expensive jigs to go lose them in the rocks. If you yeah. can go find some jigs that are like this, like I bought this pack, I think it was like $3.99 or $4.99 for two of them. And, you know, I lose jigs like crazy in the, in the river. So I got a nice uh, white chartreuse blue swim jig here. Uh, something called the runt, some weird crankbait thing from Ketchco. It's a, uh, I got some uh, drop shot worms here. Uh, Smithwick. Smithwick's a good company. Uh, a lot of people like their jerk baits. Uh, Smithwick yeah. jerk bait. That's uh, I got an expensive one. Yeah, I got uh, some swing shads for. Oh, yeah, those are awesome. And then some worms. Nice. So, like, yeah, you loaded you loaded whoever's gonna win that up, man. Yeah, dude. Be happy. <laughs> I have a small tackle <laughs> shop down here, so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I see that in the back in the background there, man. You look like you got it going on there. And I see you got all your rod boxes back there too, or your reel boxes back there too. <laughs> yeah. There's That's a few awesome. of them that are actually oh, been deposited God. into the rivers. <laughs> I keep I keep those in case I want to sell them. A lot of people like to have the boxes with them. So Yeah. Okay. I, I do the same thing. Plus, if your reel breaks, you can send in send in the information. They'll give you a warranty and stuff. So, yeah. All right. What, what was that uh, game you were wanting to play, Zach? Yeah. So, so I kind of came up with a game. It's it's fishing role play. What what is? I'm not talking about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not talking about anything kinky. It's <laughs> what what it is. I'm going to give you a scenario, and uh, you're going to tell me how you're going to start fishing, how you're going to dissect this body of water, uh, what you're going to throw. Okay. So I'll start off, and I'll, I'll give you both a scenario. We'll start off with Brad and Josh, or vice versa. And uh, we'll go into uh, what you guys will do. So here's scenario number one. Okay, you're on a river. It's a small river, sort of like the Little Miami River. Uh, the water temperature is 70 degrees. Um, it's partly cloudy, so it's not all the way overcast, but it overcast comes in and out during the day. Um how would you start your trip, and what would you throw? I'd be definitely throwing topwater right off the bat. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, say it's, you get there at, at sunrise, and you're right there on the water at sunrise. What are you throwing? You're, what type of topwater? It's, it's going to be a white buzzbait or a white whopper plopper. And the reason why I say white is because I firmly believe that the smallmouth love white color or anything pearly. Uh pearly white with like a purple tint it just seems like it works so gotcha uh targeting in that river what kind of water yeah uh since you said the river is probably 70 degrees i'm gonna guess it's probably like mid-spring mm -hmm. may maybe i'll probably be targeting slower moving water uh riprap or like any eddies where they're the water's just like slowly moving next to fast current or just like still moving water next to fast current. I will throw that top water bait right on that seam where it looks like there's a V and I'll just drag it back toward me. I'll throw it upstream and back, back, drag it back toward me. So okay, that seems awesome. like it works for me. 
Well, what about you, Josh? I'm chucking a Kytec all day long. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if it's in, I'll throw, say if it's low light conditions, and I'll, I'll throw a white one a lot of times, or I have another color I like to throw in, um, especially if the water is dirty also. Uh, I'll throw one that's got, it's got like a black back and like a weird clayish blue bottom. It looks just like shad that you see in the river all the time, especially kind of like the bigger shad. Um, I, uh, I'll throw it on a weighted swim bait hook a lot of times. I just had somebody make me – I was having trouble keeping my uh, 3.8s from floating too fast. And I recently had Chris Hampton from uh, HSMP Custom Tackle make me some – quarter ounce three aught extra wide gap swim bait hooks wow and those are awesome yeah dude they they help that bait i started downsizing my baits because i found that when i was up in the fours the four inch range of those baits i was having a lot of hits but the bass couldn't couldn't swallow it very well um you know especially if i'm fishing moving water you know if that water the current was moving they'd, they'd hit it but there'd be nothing there a lot of times um, so I got those baits made cause it's real hard to find three hooks with quarter inch weight. And I would throw that kind of in the same fashion that Brad is. Um, I'd probably throw a lot of times, even maybe towards the banks and look for weed lines, especially after what's happened this year. This year I've learned a lot, um, before I avoided the, the water a lot of times when it was this bad, um, and I would wait, wait, and wait till it cleared up and water got down. Because a lot of times um, I didn't get the kayak out as often as I was wade fishing before work or something. Mm. And so now I've, like, from what I've learned this year so far, I'd be throwing at a lot of weed lines also. I kind of avoided that before and always threw rocks. Rock, rock, you always hear smallmouth and rocks. And I learned a lot that they'll move off those rocks, especially if the water's high and the um the temperature's still not that hot outside that they'll still stay shallow. So, um, you know, they, I've like where I caught that 20 with Brad, um, was it awesome. wasn't, it wasn't even slow. It wasn't fast moving water at all. It wasn't nope. your typical spot of the section of river that you would think one would be. He was behind cover that we thought he would be, but it, the water wasn't moving fast at all. I mean, it was actually really, really slow. I caught that fish and fought him and i stayed right where i caught him like i didn't move down river at all so yeah yeah you you've actually taught me a lot just fishing the river with you for the uh, couple times we've been out this year and that that weed line thing man has been like money yeah it's like it's not normal for him because i've i've fished i fished it before and i just never never had any bites and i didn't really put two and two together until how bad our water's been this year mm-hmm. with it being so high and so muddy. And literally, Brad, I, I'm learning while you're learning, man. That, like when that, that that day we went, I was like, I don't know if it's going to work, man. But by, I've been chucking <laughs> bait at weed lines and I've been oh, catching yeah. 17s and 18s. And then, you know, it, it was kind of crazy. And it worked when we went on that one trip. So and we were in a completely different section. So and it also makes sense because. They people say like water with weeds around it, it's it it's clearer water and then it has more oxygen as well. So it makes sense when the water's up that those fish like to go towards the weeds. 
Mm. Yeah. When so, I was um, when I was fishing it, something that I I kind of figured out why it's kind of doing that too. It acts as like a giant filter um, mm-hmm. because I would get out of my boat once in a while to stretch my legs out because I was in water that was only like maybe two feet deep, foot and a half deep. And as I would walk through it, man, all that dirt would fall off those weeds and I would cloud up yep. everywhere I was walking, like even worse. I mean, it was already dirty, but I was making it worse by walking through those those weed uh, weed beds and everything. It was pretty crazy. And like you said, I would see like clear water all within the weeds, but everywhere else, man, it's muddy. You know, that's yep. pretty crazy. So it's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm glad like I've, we've we, like figured that out. Because I did catch a, a couple nice fish last week uh, doing that same tactic. Wow, good answers, man. I know you guys are a lot more experienced on that river than I am, but uh, I usually just throw the Thank big you. joshies and big joshy crawls. I've done Dude, uh, pretty good. You can't on. go wrong with the big joshies, man. Those are awesome, too. Um, those Columbus guys rip it up in the rivers with those baits, man. Yeah. I like them too, man. I've caught a lot of different fish off of them. Um, so they're good. Crappie love them. Crappie, sauger, a saw guy, a bass, uh, everything loves them. Big Joshies, man. I like them a lot. Um, okay. So that, yeah, that's a good answers, man. So let's try one more scenario. Say um, we're in the middle of summer. Let's try maybe the first couple weeks of July. And you got some time after work or after your honeydew list in the afternoon, four o'clock. Um, the sun's been beating down on, um, you guys arrive at, uh, like a community farm pond, like a community pond, like a, like a park pond. The sun's been beating down on it all day. Say the water's probably in the mid to upper eighties. Um, you know, it's a high pressure place cause it is a park pond. Uh, what would you guys start throwing? Say you had the rest of the night to fish too, like into, you could fish till dark. So how would you go about fishing uh, a pond like that? What's the uh, what's the water clarity? What would you say? Just uh, I'd say horrible. it's probably four or five foot visibility, um, and it's weedy. Maybe there's okay. some, uh, cattails on the one edge of the pond. Maybe there's some lily pads on the other end of the pond. Okay. Uh, most of the water is wide open though, but there's several feet of visibility. I will. I would start out with throwing a Texas rigged worm, probably a pumpkin seed. It's my favorite color for clear water. Uh, pumpkin seed, uh, Berkeley power worm, seven inch, or like a uh, Gary Yamamoto Cinco, Texas rigged. Gotcha. If it's, if it's really weedy, I, I like to keep the weight. Fishing, basically. Yeah. I, I like to put the weight down and then uh, hold it down with a bobber stop above the weight. So, like, that weight don't go up and down your line. You know what I'm saying? Oh, wow. Okay. So, it, it makes it. It's it makes it a lot less likely to catch more weeds when you're fishing in that scenario. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, what about you, Josh? Um, I would probably start out throwing a swim jig along the weed line still to see if they're sitting like way far back, especially since you said it's hot. I'm gonna assume that they're probably gonna be deeper than just the edges. Um. I did recently start trying to throw, so this would probably be something I would throw today if this you know scenario was happening right now. But trying out a Tokyo rig, Tokyo rig is like a extra wide gap hook with a swivel on it, like a, a three way swivel, and on one one end it's got this wire, the other end your line hooks up in line with the the hook itself, right? Mm-hmm. And you put like um, 
you know, bullet weights. Well, you aim, you put your bullet weights on together where the cone is pointing down and then the cone, the other one, you could put two of them on top of each other. It's a lot of times if you're, yeah, exactly. And, nice. but I actually added another weight, Brad, on top of that one where mm-hmm. the, the wider part sits on top of the wide part. So it's almost like, you know, it, what it, what it's kind of intended to do is go through with least resistance of that weight. And then it's going to be able to come out with the least um, resistance because of the shape of, of those weights um, being, you know, butted up against each other like that. I tried it the other day. Um, I have not, I'm not good at it is kind of, cause it's a, a flipping style bait and you kind of have to have your line like more up and down as opposed to an angle. If you have it at an angle, it doesn't work properly. Kind of like a TRD. Exactly. Cause you're, that weight's going to come up kind of weird. And if you're kind of at an angle where you have to bend that wire, it hooks onto a lot of weeds. So you have to kind of pop it up out of there. Um, So I wasn't fishing it exactly right. I think we were at, Indian Lake when I tried it we were in a really really weeded area and I think I got tapped a few times on it but it's it's something I kind of would work on and that would be a good place to work on it so Mm. but yeah that's what I would try and then if if all else fails I'd be chucking a frog all over the tops of the weeds a black I like black frogs a lot um I use like live target just your regular hollow body frog and I trim down the uh the skirts on them and uh that was a really good bait i used at kaiser a lot of times when in springtime hit so mm-hmm. wow. you guys ever use the zoom horny toads no. i haven't used that yet uh chad chad hoover talks about them quite a bit on his youtube channel i was just curious i i just recently bought some and i'm gonna give him a shot on the river because he he absolutely kills it with smallmouth on those things and it's yeah. just like a soft plastic frog that you Reel in on top water, weightless. So, wow. Figure I'd give it a try. I have some. I think I have a couple packs of uh, of uh, soft soft plastic frogs like that. Um, I just don't know. I'm not familiar with what kind of hooks to get for it. I've seen some different setups where you can get those. Uh, well, almost like the swim bait hooks, Brad. Um, like the belly weighted hooks. Some people put those on them and they make them kind of sit down in the water a little bit. They still float. Um, but those baits will, it'll kind of put the butt of that, that frog down in the water a little bit. So it gets real good action with the feet. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't have much experience with frogs. So yeah, I've thrown, I've thrown frogs and have had some success with them. I know if I was to hit that pond, I like June bug, like June bug sinkos in a farm pond. Mm-hmm. And I would just slow roll that sucker along the bottom, probably in the deeper water. Cause if it's the heat of the day, it's probably going to, um, be pretty hot they're probably going to be in deeper water i know as the the day went on you got the evening bite and i started to notice some top water i'd probably throw like a whopper plopper or um just a regular popper like i use poppers in farm ponds plenty of times and uh caught plenty of bass with them um another thing i like to use the ponds are those trds uh the peanut butter j works pretty good um oh, that color <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's a great color man uh i love trds the ned rig is like a lifesaver since i discovered it uh i've had bad days turned into good days because i switched over to the to the ned rig and uh it's a really awesome bait um okay so i like that man let's go over one more right one more scenario real so quick you- zach, zach i want you to try out 
the Z-Man Ticklers. It's like a TRD, but it's got little tentacles on the... It's called the Hula Sticks. No, 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 no. There's a smaller version, too. And if he likes the TRD, T- the Hula Sticks are bigger than the TRD. Oh, okay. Try the, the Z-Man Ticklers. It's, um, it doesn't have the, the ridges around it like a wor- the worms do, like the yeah. TRDs do. But um, I've used those on the rivers and in the lakes and gotten bitten a lot. I think you'll like them because it's a it's a Ned rig bait. It's it, it works pretty good. Is it these right here? Yep. Okay. Oh, wow. They kind of look like a tube a little bit. Yeah. It, Man, but that would be solid. awesome on a Ned rig. Yeah. 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 So it's basically like a Ned rig, but instead of the lines, it's got little bumps all over it, <laughs> and it's got uh, like little frills at the end of it. You just have to check out a picture of it. It's kind of hard to explain, but. Um, Man, that's awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to check them out, man. Um, yeah, I'm showing them on the uh, video because I know this is going to go on YouTube, so people can see the pictures <laughs> that I'm showing on the YouTube. Ticklers. <laughs> oh, awesome, man. So uh, that's sweet, man. So last scenario, all right? Say we got a large lake. I want to say think about east size of East Fork. And um, it's in the middle of July. It's like holiday weekend, right? It's like 4th of July weekend, and you got – uh, jet skiers, you got pleasure boaters, you got all these pay- crazy people that are just tearing up the main lake. Uh, I say it's rain the night before, so that you got muddy water, maybe two foot of visibility. Um, you, you're not going to be able to fish the main lake. You're probably going to have to stay out and off the main lake. Um, what would you guys throw? Well, how would you guys start your day out on that lake? Oh, that's a tough one, man. Uh, I'd probably treat it almost exactly like how I fish Cowan today, honestly. Since you said the water's up and muddy, I think those fish push up against the banks yeah, to get away from debris and, I, I don't know, whatever, you know. It's kind of like somebody blowing up their home and they don't know where else to go, so they go to shallow under trees to get shelter. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't fish the coves in the summertime because I feel like they're harder to find in the coves. Those coves get a lot hot, hotter to, uh, water temperature-wise than uh, the main lake does, yeah. and which was another thing I ran into at Cowan Lake today. The coves were four degrees hotter than the main lake was, so I stayed on the main lake and had success. I couldn't find any bites in that 77-degree water, so I don't know. I'd probably just fish fish the banks black and blue since the water's up and muddy, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Chatterbait. <laughs> probably Chatterbait something, Brad. <laughs> something with vibration though. I mean, heck, spinners. Uh I know Justin would probably throw a rooster tail. I don't know. Anything that makes a lot of noise, anything yeah. that's black and blue. I love rooster tails, man. I use them in all kinds of situations on the lakes and uh the ponds and I've caught all I've caught about every fish that swims on a rooster tail, man. Yeah, they they're a good search bait on the river. So, so say you're trying to find the fish on a river you just keep casting that out until you finally catch one then you you know where they're at they're easy to move they're easy to reel in they're quick it's basically power fishing so wow so what would you do josh um i'd throw a jig into cover um from what i kind of heard and understood just trying to research that after this spawn the bass will move out and then they'll move out deep and then half of them will move back in shallow and half of them stay out deep approximately. Um, Usually it's the smaller ones that go shallow again. 
Yeah, I mean, they'll say the big ones will go too. Um, you know, it's you'll, it's just probably a little bit easier to fish for the big fish in deep water as opposed to shallow water. Just because shallow water is hard to fish, man. When you're fishing a lot of cover, there's so many spots when you think about it. You know, if you're going to find bass in deep water, you're going to find them in one spot, a couple spots probably. But when you start fishing bank lines, man, you could throw a bait and it could be two feet, three feet from a giant bass and you have no idea. And you might have went right by it, you know. So um, a lot of times the, the jigs that I've been actually having the most success with, and it's because it's, it, we've had dirty water, the jig that I've like threw today has a rattle on it. Um, and I've tried to throw the same exact jig with no rattle this year. And I haven't had any success with it. As soon as I add a rattle to it, they're picking up on it. They can hear it and they're hitting it. So, um, especially in the river, man, the river is crazy because I'm bouncing it off the rocks. I didn't, I, I would hit rocks occasionally today in the lake. Um, but you know, you're going to hit some, some silt here and there more often than you, you do in the river. But yeah, I'd throw a big jig with, uh, with some weight to it so it can kind of get through the weeds and make sure it has some sound. And if it's uh, if it's dirty water, I'm going to do something to brighten it up. Either A, I'm going to use black or I'm going to dye it. So. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I would fish uh, probably a black and blue jig if it's muddy or um, something maybe chartreuse, like a chartreuse swim bait or a spinner. Uh, also, bright yellow. I like to use in um, uh, muddy water like that. And I'd probably be fishing the points coming off um, without going into too deep of water. If we got jet skiers running and all that stuff, I'd probably try to stay away from them. But uh, I would try to target that deeper water off the points and off the drop-offs. Um, maybe use my fish finder and try to find some, some deeper fish. So, uh, yeah, I just want to try this little game today. Uh, I kind of thought it up just uh, right before the podcast. And it kind of oh, gives us an opportunity to go over different scenarios and what we would do in different scenarios. Uh, I, I know our listeners will like it because I, we, like, we've like we been getting feedback that they like our podcast because we go into the detail about fishing. So Yeah. That's and that's what I wanted this I like episode and every episode to be about, man, is we talking about fishing, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's how I learn, man. Um, mm. You know, I just listen, watch videos. I researched it on the internet. I didn't grow up fishing at all. Uh, I just started bass fishing like nine years ago and mm. got a kayak a few years after that. And I hadn't really ever bass fished. I mean, I'd gone occasionally here and there, but yeah. never like really went to do it. You know, just went yeah. with a buddy and was like, here, here's a rod. Chuck this, you know, um lipless crankbait around and i never would catch anything so um everybody throws everybody does different stuff man and i kind of i'm finding out this year the more like i'm learning more the more i get out of my comfort level man like because i'll chuck swim baits all day long and and i catch fish on them so but i'm not learning very much by doing the same same thing over and over again so it's nice to have to podcast like this and you know, YouTube videos, you can get out there and listen and learn. And, you know, everything I've, I've learned is from somebody else. You know, I'm not, I'm not a great fisherman by any means, especially when it comes to lakes. <laughs> but, I'm not either, you know, man. <laughs> so I'm learning and like, it's kind of fun to get out here with these tournaments and make friends like you guys and, 
you know, like it's kind of funny is the three of us were all part of the same forum for years ago. And here we all now are talking on this podcast about fishing. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Small world. Yeah. I started off catfish and I, I was a big catfisherman for years and yeah. uh, I just got into bass fishing maybe four years ago and I got a kayak. This is my fourth year on a kayak and uh, I like it, man. I'm, and I'm still learning. There's a lot that I'm learning. Uh, I'm doing a little bit better at the tournaments this year than I did last year. And uh, yeah, I love this sport, man. I love being on a kayak, you know, not just bass fishing, but just enjoying enjoying the day, maybe catfishing. It's a little bit of everything. It's great, man. So, is there anything I, else you guys really wanted to go over before we finish this up? Yeah, we'll we'll ask him what we ask all of our guests. So, uh, what was your first kayak? Um, my first kayak is the only kayak I've ever owned, and it's uh, 2014 or 15 ish around there. Uh, Jackson Cusa HD. I never so, owned anything else. <laughs> I saved the money. We bought my wife and I both bought Jacksons. She's got her little Cruise Ten. And uh, we've actually bought it from Loveland Canoe and Kayak, and um, we love that that facility. They treated us right. Um, they're good people down there. They were super nice. So, you know, if you're in the market for a kayak, please check them out. Um, Mark is a really good guy. Jason's a really good guy. They treated us with a lot of respect, man. There was no pressure when we went, you know. Um, he helped hook us up, man. And... Uh, you know, the rest is history. I'm looking, hopefully, maybe next year to try to get a Kusa, not a Kusa, but maybe a big rig FD. That'd be awesome. Uh, I, you know, just from, um, I'll, I'm struggling a little bit on lakes, you know, especially when it gets windy. Like today, the wind picked up for a while, and I was having trouble staying where I wanted to. I kept getting pushed into a real rocky bank. Wasn't anything scary or anything. It just, you know, I was I just... Yeah, you you're getting pushed out of your target zones and or know, in so, your target zones. Yeah, yeah, you're throwing the target. Yeah, so, so you actually did it the right way. Unlike most of uh, us kayak fishermen, you you got the right kayak the first time. Whereas <laughs> me and Zach spent thousands of dollars going through ca- three kayaks to find the one we that fit us the best. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, and then. Uh, the other question we ask everybody else is what is your craziest story that you have on the water? <laughs> um, so I think the craziest story I have on the water, it's not real crazy. It's kind of cool and kind of freaky at the same time. Uh, I used to wade fish a lot and that's what I kind of got me into bass fishing actually was wading. And I used to wade this certain Creek and it's a wildlife area. And I am wading down the bank line. And I actually had just gotten out of the water. So I'm like right on the edge. And I'm like, what is that sound? And I just hear it. And it's this crazy buzzing sound. And I'm like, dude, are those bees? Like, am I near a swarm of bees? What's going on? And it's just loud. And it's like obnoxiously loud. And it's like right behind me. And I keep turning around and I don't see anything. And it's still there. And so I kind of glance down behind me and there's this tiny tiny baby deer laying two feet behind my my feet like right there on the ground like i'm almost stepping on this thing it's completely alive (laughs) it is literally bedded up right next to the creek 
sitting there. And I'm like, and what I was hearing was just the bu- the flies buzzing around the, the deer, you know, and the baby deer's ears are, you know, swatting the flies around. And um, she realizes I'm standing there, right? Mm. I can see her visually. I try to take a picture of this, and this is where I realized how much camouflage deer truly, truly have. (laughs) And that I tried to take a picture of that deer that was bedded down, and the more I got close to her to try to take the picture, the more she kind of hunched down, and I could not get a picture, a clear picture of this deer. Yet I could see it clearly with my eyes. It was wild, man. And what I started freaking out then, I'm like, where's mom at? You know, I'm like, his mom got eyes on me. Like, yeah. you know, I don't, you know, I don't see her anywhere and she's got to be close by. And if this deer makes, um, you know, a little bit of noise, I'm going to, you know, I might be in a little bit of trouble. So that's probably the, it was pretty cool experience. Kind of, you know, crazy that I've walked up upon him. Basically almost a newborn baby deer that close, you know? So. Yeah, that is cool. It is a crazy story. Well, uh, I don't have anything else in the list, Zach does, so. Uh, I think we're good to go, man. It's a pretty good episode. Uh, I know this, uh, what do we got coming up here? Next is the Buddy Bass, the Buckeye Trail Tournament. Uh, you guys want to do that? Yeah. yeah. I'll be there. I don't know if I'm doing the tournament. I'll be there because uh, the meetup for Paddle and Finn. So. Gotcha. Yeah, the Paddle and Finn meetup. That's on the 6th at Cowan Lake, right? What time does that yeah. start? I don't know, but it's the same day as the Buddy Bass tournament. So yeah. in the Buddy Bass, you can fish Cowan Lake. Oh, great, man. Yeah, that'll be fun. I plan to go out there. I think I might camp out there that weekend and just yeah, fish the whole weekend. Yeah. They plan on camping out there uh, Saturday, I think. So oh, yeah. uh, Saturday night. But yeah, Loveland's going to be down there. We're hoping to do some demos down there, too. So. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a demo day. I forgot about that. Nice. That's going to be fun. So. That would be also, pretty cool. um, next weekend on June 29th, right, Brad, is uh, Loveland Canoe Kayaks doing another demo day down at the facility. Hopefully yeah. the river it's... clears up. So if anybody's in the market to try out some kayaks, uh, they carry Bonafide and Jackson Kayaks. I think Jason will have his blue sky out there to you. He's, he's super cool about letting anybody get in that boat, man. So if you want to try it out, get out there and try it. I think that's from 5 to 7 p.m. Yep. So, Zach, you should uh, make it out there and try the blue sky out. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I fished with him a few times. He's offered to let me on it, but... uh, You should do it, dude. I tried it, yeah. (laughs) It's pretty life-changing. Yeah, yeah. My (laughs) biggest thing, man, you got one of those in a tournament. See, you have a bass on the board. I'm afraid it'd flop off and go right in the water, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know what you mean. I had that uh, happen today too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would suck. I like where uh, in my hobby I put I put the board down like between my legs. Sometimes I'm worried about it flopping around, and you know, with most kayaks, they got the sidewalls on them that kind of help you control your fish a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting boat for sure. Uh, people should check it out if they're interested in it. But uh, 
I guess that's all we got going on tonight. I know um, next episode, uh, I'm trying to get Steve Coomer on here. He was supposed to be on this this week, but uh, he had some personal issues come up. So we had kind of had to reschedule him. So I'm hoping to get him on. I've got a few other guests uh, lined up. We got some big announcements soon. Uh, we can't talk about it yet, but um, me and Brad's got some things in the works, and I've got some things in the works. Brad's got some things in the works. You know, it's a lot of stuff going on with the podcast right now we can't really talk about, but uh, there might be some changes coming. But one thing's for sure, Yak Legion is going to stay. <laughs> and that's for sure man i love doing this podcast and uh hanging out with you guys on here and uh that's what we're all about man we're all about sharing a good word of fishing a good word of kayak fishing and i know we got a lot of episodes planned like you mentioned earlier i wanted to do for all gigging off of kayak turtles uh, want to talk to some of these guys that duck hunt off their kayaks you know that that build these big blinds on their kayaks and uh soup them up uh, i want to get into some of that stuff too so uh, there's a lot to come. <laughs> That's my brother, Cody. He's also a kayak fisherman, but he hasn't been out Kinda. there. Kind of. What, he's been out there twice? That guy's awesome. He's better than that guy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, subscribe to that guy. Yeah. Awesome. I've seen the fish he was catching, dude. They were huge. Oh, we we have an unexpected guest come on the podcast this week. So. That's Cody Hicks, my brother. Go follow him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, he can stripe a yard, can he? I've seen his mowing pictures. Yeah. Yep. He's he's pretty good striping there. Uh, on that zero turn, I guess. <laughs> well, all right, man. I guess that's enough. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys, for listening to the Yak Legion podcast. Yeah, there's a lot more to come and tight lines. And don't forget about our giveaway, guys. And thanks, uh, Josh, for coming on with us. Hey, thanks yeah, for thanks having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks again. Have a good one, all. You too. Take care.